Hey, and welcome to Generation Changers Church Podcast. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Barry Smith. God is doing great things in the earth. Revival is here. You know, the world describes revival as a time when something becomes popular or important again. And that's a pretty good definition. But when we're talking about revival, we're talking about a sovereign move of God in the earth. I want you to understand that we can pray for revival. We can position ourselves for revival by seeking the Lord. But revival only comes from Him. We can't create it. We can't manufacture it. What began on college campuses is spreading to local churches. As last week, churches were reporting around the country elongated times of worship and salvations and rededications and and God just moving miraculously by his spirit. Today at 2 p.m. to 11 p.m. tonight at Rupp Arena in Louisville, Kentucky, people are gathering. Huh? They're, They're gathering to have revival because it can't be contained on the college campuses. The nation of Uganda is in revival. Nations around the world are reporting that there is a sovereign move of God in the earth. I say again, revival is here. And a generation that has never experienced such a move of God, they are hungry, they are thirsty, they are embracing this spiritual encounter, and I think we all need to join them. You know, revival is not new to the church, it's just new to today's church. Throughout history, there have been great awakenings that have taken place. And just go home and Google great awakenings. And you'll see that throughout history, God's people have experienced a sovereign move of God from time to time like we're in right now. You know, among each generation, there are people who are stirred. Something within them draws them to seek God with their whole heart. And I see that taking place in real time. It's a time where Jesus' followers draw close to him. And it's a time where people who don't follow Jesus now start following Jesus. Wow, it's an exciting time to be alive in the earth as we're catching a glimpse of the glory of God. My question this morning, with revival coming to the earth, has revival come to your heart? Have you experienced yourself an encounter with God that brings about a spiritual awakening in your life? The Lord has led me to share the story of an Old Testament prophet today who had a personal encounter with God and to allow his story to impact our story with God. I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 6. There's a few verses, so just stick with me. Verses 1 through 8. The Bible says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood a seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other, to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundation of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me. For I am lost, and I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. 
Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Listen to this now. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. It's interesting that the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament came to God in a time of crisis. And there was a twofold crisis taking place. First of all, they were in a national crisis. Uzziah was a mighty king. As a matter of fact, his name in Hebrew means that Yah or Yahweh is my strength. And it spoke to the character and the strength with which he led. That is until he disobeyed the law of God. And he entered into the temple to offer incense to the Lord, but that job was reserved for the consecrated priests called the Levites. And as a result of the leader of that nation's disobedience, this leader was stricken with leprosy and was an outcast for 10 years and then died. This is the crisis of their nation. I want you to understand something today. We are in a national crisis in this country. And if you fall out with me for saying this, I'm going to add you to my prayer list. And I'm going to love you anyway. And I'm not going to tell you, go to another church. I want you to keep coming to this one. But I want you to understand something. Over the past 50 years, in my lifetime, I have seen this nation move further and further and further from God with different administrations in office, with different people in power, I've seen us move, and now we're at a crisis point in the nation. Understand something. The national crisis had to do with unspiritual leadership. And it's having to do that right now in this nation. It is a national crisis. But can I say this with love? Can I say it? And, and you not be mad at me because you know I love you. Some Christians are so shallow that they believe that the problems in this country are political. And when a pastor speaks up that we need a move of God in a nation, they get upset because they think it's political. But I'll tell you, the problems in this nation are not political, they are spiritual. We are in a spiritual crisis. The soul of this nation is in crisis. And I want you to understand, that's why our solutions will not be political. That's why our solutions will not be depending on one party or another or one man or another. There is only one thing that can speak to the crisis of this nation that can help solve the crisis we're in, and that is Almighty God. And we've got to look past politics. We've got to look past people, and we've got to see Him. Not only was the nation in crisis, but Isaiah was in a personal crisis. And I will tell you, there are people within this nation that have their own personal crisis going on. History teaches us that Isaiah and Uzziah were most likely first cousins. So Isaiah would have grown up in the shadow of Prince Uzziah, who would become king. And that was a very comfortable connection for him. He had a covering in Uzziah. He had a comfort with Uzziah. But then when Uzziah rejected God or disobeyed God and was made an outcast and then died from his leprosy, Isaiah hit a personal crisis. I'm not sure 
what your crisis is today. You may be in a relational crisis, a marriage crisis, a family crisis. You may be in a health crisis. Many people due to the economy today are in a financial crisis. But here's what I can tell you with confidence. We have a greater crisis, and that's a spiritual crisis in the hearts of people that's going on individually today as well. But regardless of what your crisis, when everything in your life is stripped away, when you find yourself down to nothing, I hear you hear me today, you can turn to God because he is waiting to show himself to you just like he did Isaiah. He's wanting to reveal a part of his heart to you that is for you and not against you. So whatever your crisis is today, there is somewhere you can turn. There is a God who will never turn you away when you turn to him. And when God is your only hope, then put your hope in God. If God is all you have, God is all you need. And if my dad were to tag in right now, he would say, and when you're down to nothing, God's always up to something. (laughs) Yeah, he's really wanting to tag in right now. He's raising his hand over there. You see that? (laughs) He probably could, and you would probably enjoy it a whole lot more. Now... He came to God in a crisis, and that's the thing. We need our nation to turn to God, but if the nation doesn't choose to turn to God, you can individually turn to God. The second thing is that he saw God clearly. He said, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord Adonai, which means Lord, which means master, which means owner. And my question is, Lord, over what? Let me give you a short answer. Everything. Even your personal crisis. (laughs) See, the huge authority in the life of Isaiah had been removed, but he first got to see God in his authority. He literally went to the temple troubled about a king, and when he left, he said, mine eyes has seen the king. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying when that upon which he depended was removed, he found out there was something greater he could depend on. Wow. He saw that God is both above and greater than all things. Wow. I believe that's the place we need to arrive at in our own thinking today, that God is greater than everything. There is nothing I face in my life that God is not greater than. Can I get a witness from someone this morning? See, that which is beyond my ability is still under his authority. He commands the universe by his powerful word, and the universe complies every single time. Understand, everything around you may be falling apart, but we are serving a God who never fails. He is still on the throne, and all things, all powers, and all problems are still subject to his authority. Now it's about to get gooder. Here's the good part. Listen to this. In that day, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord and the train of his robe filled the temple. Now, in that day, the train of a king's robe was sewed from swatches of the other kings he had defeated. 
told you it's about to get gooder, didn't I? Yeah, watch this. Isaiah says, his train was so large that it filled, completely covered the temple. Now, if the train was made up of the swatches from the robes of the powers and kingdoms that the king had defeated, and God's train was so big that it completely covered the entire temple, that gives me hope today that the God that I am serving has conquered every power, every principality, every devil, every struggle, everything I will ever face, everything that is over my head is under his feet. Wow. <laughs> Could it be that God was showing him that although the king had violated his law, that the sanctity of God's authority was still intact? Understand something. There is nothing you will ever face that he has not already overcome for you. And because of that, you are not the conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. Because the God we're serving carries on his train the robe of every defeated power that would ever come against you. He saw God in his authority. He saw God in his glory. He said, above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, and with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to the other and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Isaiah may not have directly seen the face of God in that he saw the train of his robe behind him, but he did catch a glimpse of the glory of God. A glory that was so magnificent that the angelic beings before the throne covered their eyes. Yet, with their eyes covered, they could not do anything. They could not help but cry out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is filled with his glory. They offered a praise that when it resounded in the temple, shook the very foundations of the house and filled it with smoke. Now, let me say something to you. The worship that has been going on among this generation is shaking some things up. We got some religious folks that don't like what's going on. We've got people that don't want to acknowledge it. And one small-minded preacher I saw, he even said, I call hogwash on the whole thing. Well, when he used the term hogwash, I knew what I was dealing with. You know what's happening? When the glory of God's revealed and the praises of God start rising, foundations start getting shaken. But I'm praying, God, let there be a whole lot of shaking going on. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I want God to shake up every religious thing so that that which is true and that which is unshakable can stand in this hour. So I say, God, shake up the house. Shake up denominations. Shake up churches. Shake up ministries. Shake up people, God. Let your glory be revealed. Wow. I hope I've got time to finish this. If not, you'll have to follow me to Lebanon. No, don't follow me to Lebanon. What God is doing right now, listen, the angels proclaim the whole earth is full of his glory. The Hebrew belief is that the glory of God was contained in a box. The Ark of the Covenant. And it was sealed with the curtain surrounding the Holy of Holies. And it surely wouldn't get beyond the Hebrew people. 
But the angel called that theology into check when they said, the whole earth is full of his glory. I've got news for you. Too many churches and religions have tried to put God in a box. They tried to say God can't move unless it's in this way. God can't move unless you use this version of Scripture. God can't use it unless you're in this denomination. Listen, the move of God that's going on right now shows us that the glory of God will be revealed to the whole earth because it won't be the Baptists, the Methodists, the Pentecostals, the Catholics, or anybody in between that will contain what God is doing. It won't be a local church. It won't be a single college campus. It won't be a single state. And it will not be a single country. The whole earth is being filled with His glory. This is the revival that will reveal the glory of God to the earth. Come on, somebody. And it's bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than this church. It's bigger than this nation. The whole earth is filled with His glory. Wow. If you're a first-time guest, please come back next week. You may have already made up your mind you're not. But <laughs> Third thing. Isaiah made an honest confession. When he saw the splendor, holiness, and glory of God, he immediately recognized his own sinful condition. Watch this. That's the difference in religion and revival. Religion conceals. Revival reveals. You can carry on religious activity and mask a whole lot of stuff. But when revival comes, that which has been concealed is revealed. When revival comes... The mask comes off. And we see ourselves in the light of the holiness of God. See, the, one of the issues in the body of Christ today is we compare our sinfulness to everyone else's sinfulness. Well, I'm, they're doing that, so this is not as bad. And blah, blah, blah. Guess what? We're not called to measure ourselves by ourselves. We are called that when we see the glory and the beauty and the holiness of God, that becomes the standard to which our lives are compared. When revival comes, it includes repentance. Hear me. Isaiah said, woe is me, for I am lost. One of the versions says undone. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell amidst the people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. The first five chapters of Isaiah, five times, it's woe unto them. See, religion will make you judgmental. Come on. Woe is them. But revival will make you transparent. You'll quit looking at everybody else and say, it's not woe unto them, it's woe unto me. Listen, repentance is the gateway to revival. Isaiah said, I am undone, I'm lost. Uh, which is the, the Hebrew word demam, which simply means I'm cut off. Now, it's interesting that King Uzziah, his cousin, was stricken with leprosy and cut off from the people because the law was he could not be around anyone anymore. He could not touch anyone anymore. But when Isaiah got in the presence of God, he saw that it wasn't Uzziah's leprosy, but it was his sin that was cutting him off from God. Follow me now. <laughs> Isaiah was convicted of being a creature of the culture. He said, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. My question is today, 
How many people darting the doors of the houses of worship across the world who claim to know Jesus are creatures of the culture? Religion will let you do certain activities and let you remain a creature of the culture because the culture's undone. The culture's cut off. The culture's in crisis. And so many Christians who say they believe in Jesus live exactly the way the culture does. There's no difference in the morality. There's no difference in the mindset. The scripture is of none avail in their thinking and their worldview. But listen, I don't want to know God as my Savior and follow Jesus and remain a creature of the culture. The sanctified, redeemed life, the life of a Jesus follower is the counterculture in the world. We're not here to mirror the culture. We're here to stand out as children of God and let His grace shine through our lives. Wow. He said my Lips are unclean. Our lips are unclean. Why is that important? Well, in the New Testament, Jesus said it's not what goes in a man's mouth that defiles him. It's what comes out. Why? Because of this principle in Scripture, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what he was saying is, Lord, I've got a heart problem. Lord, our nation has a heart problem. That's why all the bills we pass in Congress, that's why all the people we campaign for, all the nasty stuff we put on social media is not going to change our nation. And it won't change you. The only thing that will change us is when we let him into the innermost sanctum of our heart and say, Lord, come in and be Lord of all. We have a heart problem in this nation. We have a heart problem in our lives. We're saying, God, we're unclean. We've become so much like the culture around us. Do you even recognize us as your children? And God says, oh yeah, because I remember what I sent my son to do in your behalf. I remember I sent him to a cross and he shed his blood and he gave his life. I remember who you are. Do you remember who you are? Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? We need to invite God into the innermost part of our lives. We need a heart cleansing from God. How long has it been since you heard the scripture that godly sorrow works repentance? There's a gospel today that says everybody's supposed to skip along that knows Jesus and everything's okay. But you know what? If my heart is not turned toward him, I'm not okay. If in the innermost part of my being, I'm withholding from him, I'm not making honest confession before him, See, here's the thing. Transparency with God is beneficial because repentance leads to redemption. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sins atoned for. It's interesting that Uzziah's sin was going up and touching the altar of God. He was forbidden to do so, not being a Levite. We see Isaiah in the same shape. He's a prophet, but not a priest. He had no right to approach the altar of incense that was being raised as a sweet-smelling savor to God. Here's what happens in revival. When Isaiah had no right to go to God and no way to get to God, God came to him. 
And I'll tell you what's happening in this generation today. They're lost and don't know their way. But they're like Isaiah and they're crying out before God and they're coming clean before God. And you know what? A a generation that can't reach God, God is now reaching to them. Are you hearing me? A generation that cannot find their way to him, God is finding his way to them. And I'm so grateful because we never approach God in repentance and get judgment in return. Anything I confess, he can cleanse. Anything that's revealed, he can redeem. Anything I conceal will wreck my life will cause me to draw away from him, will fill me with guilt and cause me to run from him. But guess what? Anytime I'm honest with God and transparent with God, the transparency of my heart is the invitation for the grace of God. And I want you to know something. There's nothing in your life, if you confess it, he can't cleanse it. There's nothing in your life that will be revealed that he cannot redeem. Because it's interesting that Isaiah said, my lips are unclean, and the angel came with the hot coals off the altar of God and touched the very place in him he confessed that's why you don't need to hold anything back from God whatever's going on in your life whatever you're facing whatever sin you may be harboring whatever distance you feel from God when you confess it when revival comes he touches the very place in you that needs to be touched are you following what I'm saying you today he he, he doesn't say oh well you said this is your problem but I'm going to do this over here no when you say Lord I realize I'm undone and I need you to touch me he will touch the very place in you that needs to be touched the most because he is a good God listen in this encounter with God he will cleanse what we confess and he will redeem what is revealed if we'll just be honest with God. And the angel said, your guilt is gone. Man, guilt is the power of sin. I believe that with all of my heart. It's not the act of sin you commit, it's the guilt that follows that makes you feel unworthy, that makes you feel unredeemed. But when the angel touched him, he said, your sins are atoned for. Isn't it something that today we touch our lips with Holy Communion, the body and blood of Jesus, God reaching down to us when we couldn't get to him, and the very thing we celebrate in Holy Communion means that our guilt is gone and our sins are atoned for. Whatever you confess is toast. You ever heard somebody say, that boy's toast right there. You know what that means? It's over for him. He ain't long for the world. He's toast. I news for you. When you say, Lord, I'm addicted, your addiction is toast. When you say, Lord, I'm struggling, your struggle becomes toast. Whatever you present to him, He will burn away and cleanse away. And whatever was holding you down and whatever was holding you back, God will do a new thing in you. And that will be toast, my friend. Now, I got to finish up with this because I am so blessed to see people repenting and being forgiven. I'm so blessed to see people coming into the grace of God in a new realm and seeing the glory of God. But listen, our redemption doesn't stop with us. Because in this cleansing, Isaiah received a call. 
I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. See, remember that deliverance is not only from something, it's to something. That you're not saved to sit or redeemed to rest. When we receive what we receive from God, what I see God doing in Isaiah's life was God restored purpose to him. He had already been an active prophet. Things had already been going on. We already have five chapters recorded of what was going on in his life. We already see some productivity, but we see this crisis that he came to and he got desperate for God. And when God touched him and cleansed him and redeemed him, he restored his purpose. Listen, God doesn't change his mind about purpose and every person listening to my voice today has a purpose with God. You were born for such a time as this. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. Don't even worry about your children growing up in today's world you do the best to foster the purpose of God in their life because God saw that they were born for such a time as this young people hear me you are born for right now I know the world is going crazy and the culture is crashing but God saw fit that you would be born at this very moment so that you would be ambassadors of faith and grace in the Lord Jesus Christ for such a time as this just because it looks like the world may be falling apart that's no excuse to sit back and say well we're just not going to try anymore it's time to recommit to purpose because your redemption doesn't stop with you. But the second thing I see is God restoring passion. When God said, who am I going to send? Isaiah didn't say like, you know, when your campus pastor asks you to serve on a team, well, let me pray about it, Lord. <laughs> you know you've said it. <laughs> let me pray about it. There's a time to pray and there's a time to work. And this move of God that is changing our lives radically is going to renew our passion for the purpose of the body of Christ. I'm glad that we help feed the hungry. That's part of the mission. I'm glad we help the homeless. I'm glad that we help meet needs. But the call of the body of Christ is to meet the greatest need that mankind has. And that is the need for a Savior. And guess what? I just happen to know one. Did you hear me? I just happen to know one. His name is Jesus. And I'm going to share him everywhere I go. I'm going to preach his gospel. I'm going to live by his grace. I'm going to teach his word. I'm going to share the name of Jesus. The beautiful, powerful name of Jesus. I'm going to tell people about his love. that drove him to the cross. I'm going to tell them the message of redemption for all the ages. His name is Jesus. And we need to get our passion for Jesus back. And our passion for people who need Jesus. Just continue standing with me. The rest of you join me. Prayers get in place. We're going to open this altar this morning because revival's not ending, it's just starting. And some of you are going to come today and you're going to, you're going to confess and you're going to find your freedom in things that have been holding you back for a long time. Others of you, you're going to come up and say yes and report for duty. And say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Let me ask you. I'm not even going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Because this ain't a church that judges you for coming forward. This is the church that celebrates you coming forward. Yeah. Are you hearing me? We want to see God work in your life. But if you're ready 
to lay down whatever's been holding you back, I want you to come right now and get free. If you're ready to report for duty and say, here I am, Lord, send me. However, God moves you. Just begin to step out and come. Fill this altar and say, here I am, Lord. Whatever you want in my life, I'm here. Use me in Jesus' name. Begin to come. Thanks for joining us today at Generation Changers Church. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. GC can now be your home church no matter where you live with GC Church Online. Watch weekly messages wherever you are with family and friends. Join our online family today by texting the word online to 615-488-7151. And let's do life together. If you would like more information, please visit gcchurch.tv. And special thanks to those who give generously to help us produce weekly content like this to reach the world with the message of Jesus. If you'd like to partner with us, you can give by clicking the link in the description or texting the word GIVE to 615-375-4286 or by going to gcchurch.tv and clicking the GIVE tab. God bless you and we'll see you next week.